Welcome to the Squad Pod. I'm Emma. And I'm Lindsay. We are two moms who came together to create a squad collective, which is a place where women can feel supported, uplifted, and encouraged no matter what. We are building a table where everyone has a seat. Join us as we discuss real motherhood adventures, the messes we encounter along the way, and how we fumble through each day with a big cup of coffee in one hand and chaos in the other. Pull up a chair and let's chat. we are super excited we have Jared and I'm gonna have you say your last name because I say it wrong every time so can you just introduce yourself Sklar right Sklar yeah I you know people mispronounce it all the time so um it's it's so funny like the first like two to three weeks I was at Beachbody everyone's like Jared Skylar Skolar like there's so many different ways and I'm just like I made it a point to like sign off every one of my classes with like my full name because it's like everybody there's like so many consonants in a row that uh yeah I, I just have to be more specific I guess <laughs> right. well that makes me feel better because I'm like my la- my maiden name is Sosinski and everyone used to always butcher that so uh so I try hard not to but <laughs> but here we are yeah all good all good I get it all the time yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we're super excited to have you and we really want to hear your story because Lindsay and I both do your cycle rides on Beachbody's body uh, and we always find your motivation and your energy just so inspiring to us. So we are so excited to have you on. Uh, but yeah, we want to start by kind of backtracking a little bit and going back to, I guess it was a few years ago when you, 2018, um, you had this aha moment in your life with your own health. And so take us back there. 27 year old Jared. Yeah. You know, it's, it's really crazy. Um, I always like to sort of like preface this by saying like, I never in a million years thought that I would enjoy cycling. Like I, you know, I you know grew up playing in team sports, baseball, hockey, a little bit of like black football and things like that. And living out in LA, there's traffic everywhere as, as like, as I'm sure you can imagine. And, <laughs> and so like driving on the road and seeing there's like a million cyclists as well, seeing cyclists take up like the side of the road. I always had like this preconceived thing, like, gosh, like these people, like <laughs> these people <laughs> suck, like they're creating even more traffic, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, and the spandex of course as well too. Right. So, uh, <laughs> like these people with spandex are just like creating even more traffic. And so like, I always like to start off by saying, like, I never thought I would fall into that category eventually. And so, um, you know, when it, I guess, you know, to your point, like three, now it's almost four years ago. Now I was in a flag football league and I kept pulling my hamstring really, really bad. It was like five or six times in a month period that, um, I just, I, I kept pulling my hamstring and every single week that I was playing in this flag football league, it kept getting worse and worse and worse. And so I went to the doctor one day just because it just kept being even more, you know, terrible. And he recommended that I try the bike. He was like, you know what, go, uh, go to your local gym, sit on the bike. It'll be low impact. It'll help you build your soft tissue and, um, you know, report back to me after a month. And so uh, at the time, you know, I was a member of LA Fitness and I knew that there was a cycle room and, but the idea of like joining a cycling class was really intimidating to me. I just, I, I joined a cycle class 
it was maybe a year before that. Uh, actually, I had a client who was opening up a, a cycling studio. I went to one of the classes and it just like the group atmosphere of it and, and just being unfamiliar with it, it was not my cup of tea at that time, right? So um, so I, I went to the gym and I sort of like scoped out what the cycling schedule was at LA Fitness. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go on the off hours that, you know, that there's not a class being um, taught and I'll just do my own thing. And so for that month, I, um, I was going like five, six days a week. And in the middle of this time, I, you know, sort of alluding to your, your aha movement, uh, moment that you were talking about earlier, I had, um, I had opened my fridge one day to have lunch and I had noticed that there were four pizza boxes from four different restaurants in my fridge. And I was just like, you know, it was that moment where it's like, you know, if I'm going to be going to the gym, I might as well like get my diet in, in, in intact as well. Right. So, um, you know, changed my diet up a little bit. And after that first month, I lost 20 pounds and, you know, I sort of like thought to myself, I went back to the doctor and, and obviously my hamstring had sort of, you know, gotten on the right path. And I sort of thought to myself, I was like, you know what, after one month, if I can lose 20 pounds, let's see how far we can go. Let's see how far we can take this thing. And six months later, I lost a hundred pounds and totally 180 my whole life. Like basically I set myself on this journey that like I sort of alluded to earlier, I never expected that I would ever go down, right? So um, I totally recognize that that's sort of the outlier. Like that doesn't necessarily happen uh, most of the time, but for me, I just sort of dove in and, um, yeah, it's it's really just insane thinking back to four years ago how I was a totally different person in a totally different space in my life. So, yeah. yeah. So, did you become a personal trainer like after that moment? When did you start to pursue that? Yeah. So again, I sort of fell into teaching. Um, I had lost a hundred pounds, and um, you know, going to the gym every single day, people start to sort of take notice, right? And so. You know, I would go in and do my class or do my um, 45 minutes on a bike. And then right after that, uh, a class would go in and, and the instructor would teach the class. And so um, after the six months, the instructor of that class, I had actually taken his classes a, a few times during that time period, but he just came up to me one day. He's like, listen, you're here every single day. Like you should teach a class. You've had it. You've lost all this weight. Like, you know, you're, it's a great story to tell. And initially I pushed back on it. I was like, you know, I just want to like do my own thing. And, you know, I don't necessarily want to you know, teach a class. And then I sort of like fell back to what he was saying. He was like, you know, you're here every day anyway. And I was like, you know, I could use some beer money. Right? <laughs> like I could, I, could use, I could use a few extra bucks. And so I was like, you know what, I'll, I'll try to uh, teach. And, um, and yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting because I, I signed up with LA fitness and, um, my first, like it was my first class, right? So it was a week leading up. I posted on Instagram. I was telling all my friends, I'm like, yeah, like, you know, I'm doing this thing on the side. I'm going to start teaching classes. Cycling changed and, and really saved my life. Um, I would love to pass that along to everybody else. And so it's the week leading up to the class. I'm trying to hype it up. I'm practicing every single day, like <laughs> multiple hours a day. And it comes to class time and, the only person that showed up was my friend, Mike. No. And, yeah. And, and it's crazy because like, I think back to that moment, if 
he wasn't there that day, like if nobody showed up for my first class, I could have been totally dejected. I could have like, you know, basically packed it up at that point. But I think back to that and like having him there, having that one person there that was there to support me, like meant the world to me. And also I put him through a hell of a freaking workout that day because it was just <laughs> the two of us. But, you know, but really like, you know, it, it just goes to show like how important like just showing up for your friends can be. And for him in that moment, for me, it was, it was something that I can't really put into words how much of those moments. So um, yeah, and, and, you know, over the next, you know, couple months, uh, I was teaching more regularly and, and sort of sort of started to build a little bit of a following and then COVID happened and it kind of, you know, tore the whole thing down. I, I didn't teach for like eight or nine months, you know, during that COVID time. So um, yeah, it, it's crazy how I sort of just like fell into cycling and, and teaching and, and it was taken away from me at that point. Yeah. That's so funny that you talk about that. Cause I like had the same feelings. Like I used to go to LA fitness all the time before I had kids and mm -hmm. my first cycle class, I was like, so nervous. Like, I don't want to go in there. Cause like everyone felt like they knew what they were doing. And, but then I'm like, I just went in and I had like the best instructor. And it was like, from that moment mm -hmm. on, I'm like, that's when I fell in love with cycle. And I literally yeah. cycled like all through my pregnancies and everything like that. And then, you know, once I had kids, that was hard to go to the gym. They didn't have cycle classes or at the one that was close by. And so when Beachbody came out with the bike, I was like, I am so excited. And then Emma and I both found your classes. And it was just like, this is like the kind of class, kind of instructor, the kind of motivation and energy that I love in a class. And so it's just so funny, um, you know, small world ties, like seven degrees of Kevin Bacon or whatever, like LA fitness <laughs> cycle classes. Cause you know, I had those thoughts in my head too. I was like, oh, it'd be really fun to teach a cycle class sometime, but I never got there like you did, but it's just, it's funny. Like that's your story. And I can totally relate to a lot of it. Yeah. You know, it's so funny. Like, I've kind of talked about it in a few of my classes, but the times where you say no and then end up saying yes, at least for me, those have been the most impactful moments of my life along this journey, right? It's like, you know, I didn't want to get into cycling and then I got into it and then I lost a hundred pounds. And then, you know, I didn't want to teach classes, but I was sort of like given the opportunity to, and I ended up doing it. And then like, it sort of leads me in this direction. So it's like, I don't know. It's just, it's the more you can get uncomfortable and the more you can push your comfort zone and, and fight the, um, I guess, fight the calling to say no and, and actually do say yes. Like the dividends just pay off so much in the long, in the long run. So, um, yeah, but your, yeah, it, your inner voice that you ignore to, yeah. to do something uncomfortable. And I think that leads me to my next question of when did you start with the thought of doing a triathlon or challenging yourself past the spin classes? You know, that's actually such a crazy segue because I was teaching classes and this girl who would take my classes pretty much um, pretty regularly a couple of times a week at LA Fitness, um, she had signed up for a sprint triathlon in San Luis Obispo, which is like, I didn't know where San Luis Obispo was at the time. And <laughs> I didn't know anything about triathlon. I just knew that I liked stationary cycling i didn't even have a road bike at the time and she was like you know what you should do this triathlon with me it's a short thing like it'll be a cool thing to do sort of on the side whatever and again i was like no like i like <laughs> to cycle i hate i absolutely hate to run at that point i hate swimming like i like i always joke around before that triathlon the last time i was in a pool was probably like 
or uh, in a pool without a drink in my hand it was probably in like <laughs> high school or something but um but yeah so I, I i pushed back against it for so long and then i was like you know what i'll just do it why not i'll i'll, I'll try it out and so i trained for this this sprint triathlon which um the distance was like uh a half mile swim 15 miles or something on the bike and then like a 5k after that and so i trained for probably five months four months and once I did it, I had never had a feeling like that where I like trained very hard for like one race. I had never done a race before. And once I did it, I just like fell in love with it. And so right after that, there was the Malibu Olympic triathlon, which is a little bit longer. And then the crazy thing and sort of how I ended up on my Ironman journey is I did that Olympic race. And then I was like, you know what? Like, I could do a half Ironman, like that would be a cool thing to do. And that was like maybe seven or eight months down the line. And then COVID happened and sort of backing off to that, that whole thing. And so that race got pushed out a year. And so I kind of thought to myself, I was like, if I have a year to train for this half Ironman, like I might as well just go all in and see if I can do the full Ironman. So um, over that year, I just like, I got a coach and it was, yeah, it was basically like 11 and a half months of crazy crazy training and um and i ended up doing the full ironman uh it was a, it was like two months after the half ironman that i originally signed up for so um i don't know if i to, to go back to your question i don't know if i truly knew what i was getting myself into when i <laughs> when i signed up for the half but um you know i joke around about it with my with my girlfriend all the time like i asked her i was like you know, if I like start to train for this, like, you know, are you okay with it? Are you going to be supportive of all these things? And of course she said, yes, but we think back to all the time, all the time where I was like, you know, I don't know if we truly knew like the amount of like two a days and early wake ups and, and her taking care of our dog and taking him outside in the middle of the day. Cause I'm out in the middle of nowhere on my bike, <laughs> and, you know? So, um, but I'm, I'm so grateful and I'm so glad that number one, she was supportive of me of, through that situation, but also the fact that I, took the leap and I, I took the risk of, of signing up for something like that because like I think back you know my whole life and I, I think of back of like some of the things that I've accomplished and the Ironman was definitely at the top of that list just because the amount of work that I had to do and the the, the the sense of pride that I had crossing that finish line and just thinking back to all the obstacles that I crossed just to get there was um it was a, a feeling that's really indescribable. And I think that everybody has those moments, right? Of, you know, things that they've worked re really hard towards and then finally we're able to, to, you know, cross that quote unquote finish line. But for me, the Ironman, it was just, it was, it was indescribable. I like broke down in tears that day. And, um, and yeah, I just, I think back to it all the time. I literally have that picture behind me <laughs> because like I, it's like a constant reminder of like, you know, things will be tough. They absolutely will be tough. You will see curveballs thrown at you, but in the end, if you can find a way to to overcome it, um, you know you're you're stronger for it, and and it's just you know a, another reminder that you can do hard things. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, Emma and I were talking beforehand. We're just like 
you've kind of already like alluded to it and talked about it and everything, but it's like, every time we take your cycle class, you have a good story or you have a positive mindset or, you know, just thinking to all the training you did in the middle of nowhere and multiple times a day, like how do you continue to have a positive mindset um, and to continue to push yourself? Because, you know, right now our society is a lot of people, you know, it's like, we want it to come easy. We want Amazon, everything, right? Like I want it right now. I can order food for my phone. Um, you know, why would I, why would I push myself outside of my comfort zone? Why would I do something that's hard and how do I keep going? So, you know, how do you, how do you continue to give yourself like that mental pep talk and how do you like keep going, especially on the really hard days? Like, cause I'm sure, you know, when you're training for an Ironman, I can't even imagine it's like your body is probably screaming at you stop sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, hundred percent. Um, I mean, for me, when it comes to like, I guess there's, there's sort of like a two part thing behind that. First things first is on my hard days, I remember what it was like when I was having my really hard days before I made the transformation, when I was a hundred pounds overweight and, you know, waking up every day and just it being a struggle. Like I, I think back to, and it sounds so bad, but like every day I would wake up, I would, you know, get ready for work. Right. And when you're headed out the door, you put your socks on and put your shoes on. And I just, and it sounds so ridiculous, like crazy, but like, I would put my shoes on and like bend over and I would like get out of breath, just the action of like tying my shoes and like bending over, I would like lose my breath and just like starting your day off with that every single day. It's just like this little subconscious thing that like you are not in the right place and, and you're not in a spot where you should be. Right. And so I think back to that and the fact that I never in a million years would think that I would enjoy spinning or cycling. And I somehow fell upon this, this thing that eventually became my huge passion, right? And so thinking about that and thinking about the fact that there's other people who are in that same exact situation who have maybe never tried cycling before or maybe have some preconceived notion behind it, that drives me every single day just to be able to help somebody else find a passion, whether it's cycling or another form of fitness, like being a part of Beachbody and having these multiple different avenues and, and you know, providing a, an avenue for, you know, physical fitness and, and hopefully getting people to goals that they didn't even think they'd be able to get to. Like that is what gets me up every single day. And, and whenever I do have those days where I'm struggling or, or like maybe I don't want to get out of bed or something, like I realize and, and I think about that um, and, and, beach body and, and, and teaching cycling, like that's not work to me, right? Like that is, that is what my passion really is. And I, I joke around about it. I probably shouldn't be saying it on a podcast, but I've said it too many times already <laughs> in, in like normal conversation. Like I would do this for free. Like I absolutely love every aspect behind teaching cycling and, and helping people get to their goals. Like that is what lights my fire every single day. So like when I talk about struggles and, and finding it hard to get out of bed every morning, it's, it's more so like around other things in life, not, not that aspect. So um, I hope that answered your question, but I it, like literally, I just like, it lights my fire so much every single day and, and, and I enjoy every aspect of it. And you can really tell that. And I think that's why it's such like a pleasure to be in your class because it really, like you can feel the passion. Um, and 
One thing I wanted to bring up is your grandfather, because I know that you recently did the David Goggins four by four by 48. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I would love for you to to talk a little bit about him and how you honor him. Yeah, yeah. my my grandfather was, you know, I, I guess the best way of putting it, he was one of my biggest heroes growing up. Um, you know, uh, there are a few um, male role models in my life. My dad is, uh, you know, another male role model in my life that, you know, was, was really influential in, in helping me become the person I am today. But, you know, my grandfather was just like one of a kind. And he, you know, it's funny because not many other people in my family are um, interested in sports and athletics and things like that the way my grandfather was. And so me and him sort of had this bond around everything sports and, and everything like that. And so, he would even into his later years he was the type of person that was on the treadmill every single day um and so yeah i just really looked up to him and when i was in high school um he got diagnosed with pancreatic cancer and at the time i had no idea what pancreatic cancer was i had never like obviously i'd heard of cancer i know how serious it is but um but pancreatic cancer i knew nothing about and so what i quickly realized was pancreatic cancer is the basically the deadliest form of cancer uh, at the time, the survival rate past five years was only like 5%. Um, and so, um, you know, four months later, somebody who was healthy and, and you know, one of these like brimming with energy people, um, he was, he was you know, taken away from us, and unfortunately, four months later. So, um, you know, after that happened, it just became a goal of mine to raise as much awareness as possible around pancreatic cancer. Um, you know, pretty much every single year, aside from, um, unfortunately, COVID when things got a little bit tricky, but, you know, pretty much every year I would do fundraisers for the Pancreatic Cancer Action Network. It's a charity that means obviously a lot to me and, and they do really great work with, you know, not only raising awareness, but also raising funds for scientific research and also community uh, support as well for those who are affected by pancreatic cancer. And so uh, this year, I decided to do the David Goggins 4x4x48, which is essentially, in a nutshell, you run four miles every four, four hours for two days straight. So it's 48 miles over two days. And um, I was running with a little bit of a foot injury. So it made it, even, uh, you know, just a little bit tougher. But, you know, Luckily, I had this amazing community behind me in Beachbody and, and you know, other friends and family. We ended up raising, I set my initial goal for $1,000 and we got to $5,500, which like, you know, it, it meant so much to me. And, and by the way, you know, I talked about the survival rate earlier at the time, this was 14 years ago, it was 5%. Um, this year, they just came out and said that that survival rate is raised to, I think it's 11 or 12%. So over the last 14 years, the funds that, you know, between funds and technology and, and scientific research, we've more than doubled the survival rate. And, you know, while 11 compared to 5%, 11 or 12% sounds good, you know, it's still, you know, fairly low, right? So, um, you know, I just try to do as much as I can to, to raise both funds and, and awareness for that organization because you know those are the people that need it the most. And, and that's what drives me every single day as well, right? Like thinking about those sort of causes and, and you know the people that need help, right? But at, at, at the end of the day, what drives me and, and what I think drives most people is, is that human interaction and, and being able to help people as much as possible. And so, um, so that's definitely one aspect as well. 
So that kind of is a good segue into asking. So how did how did Beachbody get into your life with the cycle and bringing you on board? I mean, because obviously Beachbody is a platform. We try to reach a lot of people. We try to help them, encourage them and to live a healthy mm-hmm. life. So how did that, how did that happen? It, it's crazy, right? So <laughs> that's, that, it's crazy. The end sentence. No, um, it's, it's wild because like, you know, I talk a lot all the time about, you know, s- seemingly small discussions or decisions that take a crazy path and lead you in a direction that you would never see yourself in, right? And ending up at Beachbody is definitely uh, a testament to that, right? So, um, you know, I sort of left off earlier about how, you know, I essentially had to take eight or nine months off of teaching cycling because of COVID, right? So if it wasn't for COVID, first of all, if it wasn't for the injury of my hamstring, I would never get into cycling. If it wasn't for COVID, I'd probably still be at LA Fitness, right? Which is crazy to think about. Um, But basically over those like eight or nine months, I wasn't teaching at all. And uh, my girlfriend's really good friend is a personal trainer. She was, you know, basically trying to figure out ways to keep training as well. And she she was essentially teaching us outside in like a park. She was training us, you know, multiple times a week with uh, EMS technology, which is like you put on like a, a suit and it does like electromagnetic pulses on each muscle group as you're working out. Um, but anyway, so she was teaching us a couple of days a week. And one day we were just working out in passing and she was, you know, she, she mentioned, she's like, you know, I, I, I also teach cycle classes. I found this, you know, this company that's teaching cycle classes on the beach. They bring out uh, bikes onto the sand and you teach at the sunset. And she didn't know that I taught cycle. And I was like, Oh my God, that is amazing. <laughs> like, how do I get involved in that? Like, I would love to teach again. Like it's been forever. Right. And so, um, luckily just, you know, a, a conversation and, and something that she sort of brought up off, off of a whim, you know, she ended up connecting me with the heads of this company called beach cycling. And so a week later, I think it was like a week and a half later, I was teaching on the beach, which was like amazing. I was finally able to, you know, get on, get on the bike and and be with everybody. And by the way, like teaching on the beach is unbelievable. So if you're ever in LA or if you're ever in the Santa Monica area, hit me up because I will (laughs) will get flat to you guys the bike. But so anyway, so I get on the beach and uh, I was teaching there for probably another seven, eight months. And um, I also have a full-time job. I'm, I'm in recruitment. And so it was around uh, June or July of last year, 2021. And at that time, we were still in sort of like a hybrid schedule. So I was maybe in the office like one day, maybe two days a month, like not very rare. And so one day I was in the office and, um, you know, I'm scrolling through Instagram and, you know, a lot of the time at that point, like I had basically no following on Instagram. I still don't consider myself to have like a, a, a huge following, but at that time I had like a few hundred followers. And so um, I was scrolling through my messages and anytime I get a message from somebody that I didn't know, I basically assumed that it was some like spam, right? Like somebody trying to like <laughs> sell you like likes or followers, whatever, and, and or trying to sell me crypto or whatever. I don't know what those <laughs> bots do, but anyway, so, so I'm like deleting, deleting, deleting at lunch. And I get a message. Um, I just so happened to like stumble across this message and it's from one of the producers over at Beachbody saying, hey, Jared, I came across your profile. Uh, my name's Angel at Beachbody. I would love to have a conversation with you. We're launching this new platform. And 
if I wasn't in the office that day, I would have just deleted it. But because I was on, uh, I was at the office and I had a 20 minute drive on the way home. I was like, you know what? I got 20 minutes to kill. I'll take a phone call. Why not? Like, let's, let's see what happens instead of like listening to a podcast or whatever. And I talked to Angel that day. It was like three hours later. And she told me about body and I was uh, auditioning. I think it was like two days later and I had gotten the job uh, a week after that. So like, I know that's like a long winded way of saying like these, but like these small situations that without having COVID and then that small conversation with, with Jen, who's my, uh, the personal trainer. And then without being at beach cycling, which led Angel to find me on Instagram, like, and then without being in the office that day, like without these little moments, I would not be in the situation I'm in right now. And so um, it's, it's really just insane to think about how these little moments led me to this, this sort of spot right now. And, you know, I, I talk a lot about uh, beach body in general, right? So like I had some familiar with, familiarity with beach body before. Um, I, I, it's, it's funny. I was in high school at the time and uh, I was on the baseball team and my friend one day was like, Hey man, I saw this, uh, this commercial for P90X like come over to my house after baseball practice let's get swole let's get jacked it'll be awesome <laughs> and so I go over to his place after uh, baseball practice one day and I was just wrecked after we did P90X <laughs> at that point I was not in the fitness way and, uh, and so I, I gave up after that but like you know I think back to that and like you know that was my first like sort of brushing with Beachbody and then 15 years later I ended up I end up working for the company, which is, which is crazy to think about. So, um, yeah, that, that's sort of, uh, that's how I ended up at Beachbody. It's, it's sort of a, a random chance encounter, but I, I think my lucky stars every single day. Um, and, and this community just blows me away every single day. It's, it's honestly, it's indescribable, just the, the support all the way around from, from everybody, you know, from the ground up, everybody that works for Beachbody, everybody, all the coaches, um, the trainers, it's just, it's an unbelievable organization. And I had no idea what I was missing when I was, you know, on the outside. So I'm just so grateful. Yeah. We're grateful to have you. And I, I, there's a quote and I don't remember who said it, so I'll probably have to Google it, but they had said like, you don't get big breaks in life. You get a series of small breaks in life. And I think that that just speaks to your story of like, you just never know what things are going to turn into and saying yes to things, even that make, even though they're making you scared or uncomfortable, um, that's important. And we, we kind of forget that as humans. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, you, you just never know where that yes can take you. It's, it could be the smallest decision in your day or what seems like it. And then next thing you know, you could be teaching on a platform in front of a hundred, a hundred, a couple hundred people. You know, it's just, it's, it's bananas. Yeah. Which is really funny um, that you say that and that Emma brought up because Emma and I, at the beginning of this year, we kind of created this like secret life of yes squad. We call ourselves squad. Um, and so we kind of did the same thing. We're like, you know, what happens if we just say yes to these things that we would normally like gut check? No. And, you know, that kind of led us to this podcast, which led us to here with you talking on it. And it just feels like 
you know, again, the series of little micro wins and chances that have happened. And so it's just funny, like all your story, like I just like everything you're saying, I'm like, oh my gosh, like all these things, like it just is full circle for me. Like everything is like, I started with P90X way back, but I'm a little older than you, just a little, um, <laughs> a lot older. Um, and it's just funny, like the touches, like the P90X and then 21 day fix and getting into here and, and then LA fitness. It's just, it's really funny to just relate all that back, but just saying yes can do so much. And it's crazy because we, we a lot of times say no to so many things for just no reason other than to be like, Meh, I don't want to be uncomfortable, you know? Yeah. And, and by the way, like these are my little yeses, right? Everybody has them, right? Like, and I think that we don't necessarily take, like we're pulled in so many di different directions at all times. We don't necessarily take the five minutes to like catch our breath and think back to like, wow, like this is a situation I'm in. Everybody, everybody can like take a good situation that they're in right now, right? These were this, you know, take it, take a deep breath. These were the different steps that led me to to get where I am right now. And who knows, you know, what these small decisions might take me to in the future. Yeah. And if you think back to your story of like with your hamstring. And you said like, thank goodness I was having issues with that or it wouldn't have led me to this. So I think you're mm -hmm. flipping the script um, is is a really cool way of look, be, have, be, having the outlook, I guess I should say. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and you know, it's, it's funny, like when you put it like that, like it almost, and I've never really thought about this, but like an injury, if I didn't end up like going to the doctor, if I was just like, you know, I, say I didn't go to the doctor and I was like, you know what, I'm just going to like, quit football like it could have gone mm -hmm. in the complete opposite direction it could have been like total negative I could have like fallen deeper and deeper into my in you know into that rut or like same thing with COVID like if if COVID you know I wasn't teaching instead of like working out in the park what if I was just like you know what I'm just gonna like sit on the couch and and be stagnant right like it's it's really it's weird I never really thought about it before the conversation but like it could have gone in the complete opposite direction yeah. so yeah yeah like it's a good reminder that we have that choice to flip the script that we don't have to be a victim of our circumstances we have the choice to decide to pick one way or the other um mm -hmm. so that's kind of good and i do have another question so you're wearing your hat let's get this bread i love that quote i want to know what <laughs> is the origin like where did that come into your life like how is that like the jared sklar quote <laughs> yeah so you know it's so funny because it sort of goes back to the pizza story, right? Like, I mean, I don't stand alone by saying like, I love carbs, I love pizza, I love like every pastry, cake, whatever. So <laughs> when I was first going through my transformation, I would be, um, you know, I, I would be out riding my bike with my friends and, and there's a bunch of like mountains around LA that, you know, we go out riding and like climb mountains and, and do all these things. And so, um, Every time we go riding, you know, I'd be like at the base of the mountain looking up to the top and I'm just like, all right, like, let's get that bread. Like, let's, let's, <laughs> let's earn it because like, if we're going to push our butts to the top of this thing, like we can reward ourselves eventually. Right. And, and that sort of became like a backwards way of thinking. Like, I know it's not about like pushing yourself so you can reward yourself eventually, but, um, but like, so I would say it like so often, I was like, okay, like, let's get this bread, let's get this bread. And it began, it started off as a joke. And then eventually it sort of caught on, right? And so like my friends started to say it. And then like, anytime I was at the gym and was gonna like do a really hard set and I was just sitting there, I'm like, 
okay, let's get that bread. Let's get that bread. <laughs> and so like, it became like sort of like a running joke, I guess, said with my friends. And then eventually it became like my, my battle cry, right? It was like all of a sudden, all like more people than I sort of like had expected to like hear me say this sort of caught on and, and then Beachbody came and it just literally like took on a life of its own. And so if I were to say even a year ago, four months ago, five months ago, that like I was making hats and t-shirts that say, let's get that bread. I would have called you crazy. But uh, (laughs) I just like, I'm so blown away that, you know, the the community has taken hold of it the way I have. And, um, and I just feel so lucky and, and I, and I love it. Like I love that people have, made it their battle cry and that it hopefully you know gives somebody a little bit extra juice whenever they're going through something that's a little bit difficult i love, I love it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so i did i messaged you this jared but i haven't sent it yet so i made something <laughs> we have a little etsy store and i made something in your honor and i'm going to send you what it, oh what it looks like <laughs> but i designed something and it's you um so i'll share it and when this podcast launches we'll share it but i'm just deciding this right now Lindsay. i didn't get the okay from you but we're gonna put it's, we're gonna put it up on our Etsy page, and all of the profits we're gonna give to pancreatic cancer. Oh my um, gosh! And so I just want to preempt that because on it, um, it says a quote that you said in one of your classes. Uh, you said, "I did, I got to tell my mom." Do you remember when you said that? <laughs> it rings a bell. Oh yeah. my god! Wait, what was So you to? were saying that you like bought a water pitcher. And you were like so excited, like that's how you knew you made it big. You're like, I gotta tell my mom. And I thought oh, it was yeah. so funny. <laughs> so I'll show you and it will all you'll make it will yeah. make sense. Yeah. So yeah, we're excited. Oh, wait, was it was it my fridge? I think yes. the, the the water dispenser on my fridge. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's how you know. That's like how you know. That's how you know. Yeah. So we'll we'll that's list good. that up and um you'll get one from us too (laughs) that's so thoughtful thank you so much oh my god that's so cool (laughs) we're just so thankful that you took time to speak with us and you're just doing great things and you know this but in case you didn't we are so thankful for you you are changing lives every single day um and thank you so much i just like you know you you say that but like you know i've sort of talked about it um when i was on the bike during one of my classes but you know, I, I came into Beachbody ha- having a huge fear of cameras and, and public speaking. And so, you know, when people say that they're, you know, that the classes that I teach help them get to, you know, their goals or, or like help them along their journeys, like this community has done the same thing for me and helping me overcome my fears and, and you know, helping me grow as a person as well. So, you know, I just... I thank my lucky stars every single day that I've stumbled upon this community and, and that it's just, you know, going in such a positive direction and, and helping people, helping people and, and helping myself, you know, grow and, and, and really progress. So um, thank you so much for encouraging a dialogue instead of uh, <laughs> me having just like yell at all of you on the bike. <laughs> I, I, I absolutely love it. And, uh, and yeah, just thank you so much for, for having me. It's been great. Awesome. Go ahead. We appreciate you so much. Thank you. We appreciate it. (laughs) Okay. Bye. Bye.
Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to share it with your squad or better yet, share it on social media and tag us so we can personally thank you for being a member of the squad. Tune in next time for more unprepared, unplanned, and unfiltered motherhood moments.